Good evening. So good to be with you uh, tonight. I'm so glad you guys came. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Michael Camarina. I am the director of adult ministries here at the Rock Community Church, and we have a very special service going on, as Chris, as Chris mentioned. We are going to be hearing a sermon directly from the Apostle Paul. We are going to be doing a reading service. We are going to be reading through the book of Colossians um, from start to finish. How many people here actually read through the book of Colossians before this weekend? Wow, that's awesome. Very, that's, that's great. That's, every time we do one of these, there's, a, there's more and more hands that come up. So, so praise the Lord for that. Um, but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about our reason for doing this. Why are we having a reading service? Why are we going to read as a congregation through the book of Colossians? And there's a few reasons. I'd say the first reason is out of obedience to God. We're doing this reading service in obedience to God. In Deuteronomy 31, Moses, it says, Moses commanded the priests that at the end of every seven years, when all Israel comes before the Lord, Moses says, you shall read the law in front of all Israel in their hearing. And then in Joshua, Joshua, after he led the Israelites to defeat the city of Ai, Joshua actually read the law aloud to the Jews in Joshua chapter 8. And King Josiah in 2 Kings 23, he also read the law. It says, to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now, that's in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, we actually have this from the Apostle Paul himself. He's writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. He says, until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. So Paul's saying, give attention to the public reading of the Bible, of the Scriptures. And so that's what we're doing today. We're doing this out of obedience to God. And there's a few other reasons. One of them is that we want to get some context. When we read the Bible, context is really important. I'd say the, 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 first, the top three uh, things you want to think about when you read through the Bible is context, context, and context. It's, it's super important. It really is. Um, so, many, so many people, they, they twist Scripture or they, they make it say what they want to say. And a lot of times they do that by leaving out the context. But context is so important. We, we can really misunderstand Scripture if we, if we don't have context. Let me give you an, an example or an illustration. Suppose I said to you that a strange man broke down the door of my house in the middle of the night, ran upstairs, went into my daughter's room, grabbed my daughter, ran outside, and threw her in a truck. You'd probably come to some pretty clear conclusions, right? But if I gave you the context that the house was on fire and that man was a fireman, it changes the whole thing. Context, very important. And you know, the epistles, like Colossians, these letters that Paul wrote sometimes from prison, these, epist these epistles were originally meant to be read aloud to the congregation, congregation to whom they were sent. The book of Colossians was meant to be read aloud to the church in Colossae. And so that's what we're doing here. We're reading the book out loud as a whole so we can get the whole picture, a bird's eye view of what the Apostle Paul is saying in this book. You know, Scripture speaks for itself. Scripture's pretty clear. It's, it's, it's straightforward. We may need some help in understanding what Scripture is saying sometimes, and that's where context comes in. That's where Bible teaching comes in. But Scripture does speak for itself. And so, you know, some of us might think, well, why are we not hearing a sermon from one of the pastors? Well, again, I, I say we're, we're hearing a sermon directly from the Apostle Paul. 
who was writing the book of Colossians under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And so you could say, we're hearing a sermon directly from the Lord our God himself. So what we're going to do, we're going to have, the, the book of Colossians is four chapters. And so we're going to read two, we're going to s- separate it into two sections. We're going to read chapters one and two, and then we're going to read chapters three and four. Each section is going to be preceded by a prayer, and it's going to be followed by a brief summary by Pastor Doug, and then we're, the, the worship team is going to lead us in a couple of worship songs in response to what we just read. And at the end of everything, we're going to have a closing prayer as well. Now, I mentioned that we're going to pray before each section, and here at the Rock Community Church, we hold prayer in very high regard. In very high regard, we hold prayer, not only as a command, right? First Thessalonians 5.17 tells us to pray without ceasing, but we also hold it, hold it in high regard as a tremendous blessing, a tremendous blessing that God, the creator of the universe, would hear and answer our prayers, my prayers, your prayers, right? First John, in 1 John 5, it says, If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests which we have asked from him. He's a prayer hearing and a prayer answering God. You know, I believe that one of the most loving things you can do is pray for someone. We have a prayer ministry here at the Rock Community Church that meets every Monday uh, in the cafe at 7 o'clock. Every Monday at 7. And, and the group that meets, they pray for our church, for the people in our church, for our friends and family, for our community, for our country. This meeting every Monday, is, it's, it's open to any and all who wish to come and pray. But even if you don't like to, to pray in front of other people, you're, you're more than welcome anyway. Just come and come pray alongside those who are praying out loud. And just come and bring your petitions to the Lord. Bring the petitions of the church to the, to the Lord. So we, we invite you to come every Monday night at 7. So we have asked some of the people who have faithfully and consistently attended the prayer meeting on Monday nights. We've asked them to lead us today as we, as we pray over and as we read through the book of Colossians. And you know, these people that are coming up, these people, if any of you have ever submitted a prayer request to this church or asked someone in this church to, to pray for you in any way, these are the people that pray for you. These are the people that, that pray with you and take your petitions to the Lord. And you know, we, we actually just did a prayer service upstairs uh, in room 210 for our church plant in Heath uh, just before this service started. And if you missed it, we're, everyone's welcome to, to attend that. But if you missed it today, we're doing the same thing uh, before each service tomorrow, 15 minutes before each service. So you're more than welcome to come, and we're going to pray for our church plant in Heath. They're starting their regular services in a couple of weeks. So we invite you to come and pray for, for Heath uh, tomorrow morning. And so we, we've asked some people who, are, who faithfully pray on behalf of the Rock Community Church to participate in our reading service. We're going to have a couple of readers. Kathy Renault and John Tadora are going to be reading through the scripture, and Lee Mitchie, Dick Schwebe, and Mickey McDermott are going to be praying. They're going to be leading us in prayer as we read. So right now, I'd like to ask Kathy and Lee to make their way up. And while they're making their way up, I'm just going to introduce to you a couple of, or a, a few themes 
in the book of Colossians that I just want you to be aware of um, as we read through it. Just kind of keep these in your, in your head as we read through the, the book of Colossians. The first is the deity of Christ, right? Paul's going to talk about the deity of Christ, that God or that Jesus is God in human form, right? Fully God and fully man. He's also going to talk about empty philosophies, right? The empty philosophies of the world versus Jesus Christ, right? So an unfulfilled life versus a life fulfilled in Christ. He's also going to talk about the, uh, the legalism, right? right? We've all... We've all or not all of us, but some of us, have come from a, a religious system where it was a workspace system and you earned your way to heaven and, and you had to do good works for, for favor from the Lord. And, he, and Paul is going to contrast that with the, the, the salvation we have through the blood of Christ. Nothing but the blood of Jesus saves us. And lastly, he's going to talk about how those of, us who, those of us who have repented of our sin and put our faith and trust in Christ are a new creation, right? John, John chapter 3 says that... Uh, we're born again, right? We're holy. In other words, we're set apart from the world. We look different from the world. We're, we're not of the world. I always tell my, my kids, this family is different. Your friends at school, we're going to look different. We're different. So we're going we're gonna, to, those are the themes that we're going to be looking out for as we read through the book of Colossians. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Lee, would you please lead us in prayer? Thank you. Good evening, church family. Good evening, church family. Um, Colossians 4.2 says, continue earnestly in prayer with, vigilant, with vigilance in it with thanksgiving. So my prayer tonight is to the Lord, to our Lord. Um, we ask for things. We uh, pray for things. We ask for forgiveness, but I really want to pray and thank the Lord. Thanksgiving to him for all he does for us. He's so faithful to us. Father God, how wonderful you are that you listen to me when I pray. You hear me when I pray. You're near, so near to me that you can hear my laughter. You're near to me and you can see my tears. We are so blessed that you are, that we can come to you in all this prayer and not have to worry that uh, we will, you will not hear us. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for so many different things. We thank you for prayer. We thank you uh, that we can be in prayer to uh, give thanksgiving to your most precious son, Lord. Um, he is faithful. His spotless sacrifice, Lord, was uh, redeemed us from all that uh, we encounter and all that we do that is that goes against what our uh, Lord asks of us. Heavenly Father, I um, lift up your Holy Spirit um, in thanksgiving and prayer. Uh, we thank you for him, uh, for his comfort and his uh, counsel. When we're sad, Lord, he does comfort us. When we're 
angry Lord, he counsels us, and Lord, put his Holy Spirit in our hearts so that when we're bad, Lord, he might pinch us. Um, I thank you, Lord, for the Rock Community Church. Because of you, Lord, this church is a haven to all the people who come here. It's a sanctuary, Lord. It is filled with people who are loving, who are kind, who are committed to you, Lord. And so we thank you for this precious time together. Lord, I stumble as I pray because this is not easy for me. But I want you to know, Lord, that in everything I have, it's for you. And I pray for everyone here that finds you to be their comfort, their strength, their they're everything. You are so faithful, Lord. We can trust you. Unseal our lips, Lord, so that we can praise you at all times. And we thank you for your word, Lord. It is a treasure. It is a love story, Lord. And we find guidance and protection and assurance from you, Lord, for peace and hope. And I ask all of this always in your most precious son's name. Amen. Colossians 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are at Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We give thanks to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have for all the saints. Because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of which you have previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel, which has come to you, just as in all the world also, it is constantly bearing fruit and increasing, even as it has been doing in you also since the day you heard of it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant of Christ on our behalf. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption 
the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, and although you were formerly alienated and hostile in mind, engaged in evil deeds, yet he has now reconciled you in his fleshly body through death, in order to present you before him holy and blameless and beyond reproach, if indeed you continue in the faith firmly established and steadfast and not moved away from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which was proclaimed in all creation under heaven and of which I, Paul, was made a minister. Now I rejoice in my suffering for your sake, and in my flesh I do my share on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's affliction. Of this church I was made a minister, according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God, that is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God willed to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him and admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ, for this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. For I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf, and for those who are at Laodicea, and for all those who have not personally seen my face, that their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is, Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will delude you with persuasive argument, for even though I am absent in body, nevertheless, I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and the stability of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, 
just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, according to the tradition of men, according to the elementary principles of the world, rather than according to Christ. For in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him you have been made complete, and he is the head over all rule and authority, and in him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you also raised up with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. When he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them through him. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement and the worship of the angels, taking his stand on visions he has seen, inflated without cause by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the entire body, being supplied and held together, by the joints and the ligaments, grows with a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why, as if you were living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with us in accordance with the commandments and the teachings of men? These are matters which have to be sure sorry these are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body but are of no value against fleshly indulgence Well hello church um, I feel humbled to to follow that, if there's ever a preacher you don't want to follow, it's the Apostle Paul. Um, I think the Word of God is fairly powerful. Um, I want to summarize this for you, and I want to go about it in a, in a unique way. Um, have you guys ever stopped to think about hope? Have you ever really like pondered hope? What what is hope? Um, is it a concept? Is it a is it a feeling? Is it a response? Can you control hope in your life? How is hope affected in your life? How do you gain hope? How do you lose hope, right? Have you ever thought about that? What things cause your hope to decrease or increase? And maybe most importantly, what things do you put your hope in, right? So here's a, here's a quick definition of hope. Hope is when you place your trust in, 
or you, you wait for, you look forward to, or desire something or someone, or you expect something beneficial in the future that comes because of someone or something. So hope is this thought, it's a, it's a desire, it's a feeling. Hope can be in response to a situation, a circumstance. It can come and go. Sometimes it feels uncontrollable, what you can hope in or not hope in. Sometimes you can choose to hope. You have the ability to will hope in your life. Now, as I said, hope is something that you, uh, you have in something or someone. We can hope in a person, right? We say, I hope that my son is going to come home soon, or I hope that dad will fix my broken bike. We can hope in a thing. Hope that my car will make it all the way to the destination. I, I hope that the power comes back on soon, right, in a thing. And hope is this normal part of our lives. We, we place our hope in someone or something every single day. And throughout our years, uh, we learn to be careful where we place our hope, right? Placing your hope in a lotto ticket, not the best idea. Placing your hope in your steady job, a little bit better of an idea, right? Placing your hope in a total stranger, probably not the best idea. Placing your hope in uh, your spouse of 30 years or your closest friend, better idea. And so over the years, we've become kind of unintentional hope connoisseurs, right? We tend to know which things to avoid putting our hope in and which things not to let our hopes get up in. We begin to counsel others about hope. We, we say, don't let your hopes get up, right? Or we say, don't lose hope. Everything's going to be okay. And even though we have this basic intuition about hope, we feel like we've got a good handle on it, we all know that really we're just playing the odds. That's what we're doing. Things that you rely on, they fail you. People you hope in let you down. Reasonable expectations get smashed by harsh realities in our lives. Our hope shifts often from day to day, from one thing to another thing. And we're always looking for something to put our hope in that's guaranteed. The believers in Colossae, they found a hope that they can trust in completely. A hope that would never fail a hope grounded in ultimate truth and based in ultimate reality. It was a reasonable hope, an assured hope, a confident hope. It wasn't a hope in themselves or in a system or in a government or in leaders. It wasn't in things, in possessions or in status or authority or even in friends. It was a hope in a person. Not in a group of people or an organization, but in one person, in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where the Colossians found their hope. Their hope in Jesus deeply affected their lives. They became people of faith, people of love, because of the hope that was laid up for them in heaven through Jesus Christ. They heard about this hope through the proclamation of the gospel. Everywhere the gospel goes, where it is received, hope arises. But just like us, the Colossians found that hope can easily waver, right? Before long, they began shifting their hope from the person and work of Jesus Christ into, their, into other things. So it says in Colossians 2. They began placing their hope of salvation into their own hands. They began to rely on their own righteousness instead of trusting in the righteousness of Christ on their behalf. 
They began to submit to rules and regulations, to laws and practices that promised hope, that promised life and peace and righteousness and favor and blessing in their lives. They began to submit to worldly philosophies, worldly thinking, worldly ideas that taught them that they could have happiness and contentment and joy and rest. They began to believe the teaching and plausible arguments of others over the solid and trusted word of God. They began to hope on the treasures and wisdom and knowledge of this world that had an appearance of wisdom instead of trusting in the treasures and wisdom and knowledge of God, which is true wisdom, right? So what Paul does is he reminds them of the gospel in Colossians. Paul reminds those at Colossians who they were first before Christ, alienated, hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. That's who they were before Christ. And then he reminds them of who Christ is. He says he's the preeminent one, the first one in all creation, He's the creator and sustainer of all things. He was before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is God himself and is at the right hand of God in the ultimate seat of power and authority. He has complete victory, complete authority, complete control. And he reminds them also what Christ has done, that he alone paid the ultimate sacrifice to reconcile you to himself, forgiving you of our sins and your trespasses. He's the only reconciler of men, the only maker of peace, the only savior, the only reasonable place for them and for us to place our hope. And so we see what happens in in Colossians in these first few chapters is they're encouraged, and by extension, we are encouraged to walk in a manner worthy of that truth, that calling, that we're united together with Christ. We're to hold fast to Christ. We are told to grow up in Christ, be rooted in him, built up in him, established in him and him alone. It says we've been filled in Christ, completed in Christ, and we've put ourselves to death so that we can be found alone in Christ. And so in Colossians, where we're at is we've been warned, we want to be taught to place our true hope in Christ and Christ alone, so that we, just like the people of Colossians, may reach full maturity in him to his honor and his praise and his glory alone. Amen? Why don't you guys, worship team, uh, come on up, and we're going to respond to these realities in Colossians that we've read and summarized together as a church. Good evening. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to come to your home and listen to the Word of God, the book of Colossians, another wonderful book by Paul. He uh, he has written so many letters and and written them to us. He, he, uh, He addresses us in each and every letter. But Father, we just ask that you... Watch over us tonight. Let us learn from the Word of God what is being spoken. We know that He has a special meaning in everything that He does. I'm going to uh, quote, I'm going to use uh, John, a couple of verses from John. 
Paul, uh, to be Colossians 3, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to our Lord Jesus Christ. With that, amen. Good evening. Didn't Kathy do a great job? Colossians 3, put on a new self. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge, to the knowledge according to the no image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free men. But Christ is all and in all. So, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all the wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Wives, be subject to your husbands, as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be embittered against them. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. Slaves, in all things obey those who are your masters on earth, not with external service, as those who merely please men, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily, as for the Lord, rather than for men, knowing that from the Lord 
you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It is the Lord Christ whom you serve. For he who does wrong will receive the consequences of the wrong which he has done, and that without partiality. Chapter 4. Masters, grant to your slaves justice and fairness, knowing that you too have a master in heaven. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the word, so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been imprisoned, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Conduct yourselves with wisdom towards outsiders, making the most of the opportunity. Let your speech always be with grace, as though seasoned with salt, so that you will know how you should respond to each person. As to all my affairs, Tychicus, our beloved brother and faithful servant and fellow bondservant in the Lord, will bring you information. For I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of your number. They will inform you about the whole situation here. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, sends you his greetings, and also Barnabas' cousin, Mark, about whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And also Jesus, who is called Justice. These are the only fellow workers for the kingdom of God who are from the circumcision, and they have proved to be an encouragement to me. Epaphras, who is one of your member, a bond slave of Jesus Christ, sends you his greetings, always laboring earnestly for you in his prayers, that you may stand perfect and fully assured in all the will of God. For I testify for him that he has a deep concern for you and for those who are in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, our beloved physician, sends you his greetings and also Damas. Greet the brethren who are in Laodicea and also Nympha and the church that is in her house. When this letter is read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And you, for your part, read my letter that is coming from Laodicea. Say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which you have received in the Lord, that you may fulfill it. I, Paul, Write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my imprisonment. Grace be with you. Thank you, guys. Apparently, after they read it in Laodicea, they were also supposed to read it at TRCC. Um, so if we have been raised with Christ... If you have trusted Christ, if you have given your life to Christ, then live appropriately is the theme of this chapter. If your life is his, let your thoughts be his and seek the things that are above. Fill your mind and your heart with the things of value to Christ in the next life, not the things that are just valuable to you in this life. If our hope is fixed on Christ then our mind should be fixed on Christ. If our hope is fit, fixed, then our bodies should be fixed on Christ. If our hope is fixed, 
then let our wills, our decisions, should be fixed on Christ. We should be stable, steadfast, unwavering on Christ. We're to put to death any sin or practice or thought or desire that pulls you away from Christ. Everything associated with the old self dies so that the new self may live. Because we're made new in Christ, alive again, apart from the body of sin and death, and able to live a life that is pleasing to him. Therefore, we're to constantly, consistently, and actively put on the new self and the new nature with the thoughts, the attitudes, the the desires, the words, the deeds associated with the person of Christ. And for us to know what those things are, we must let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. We must not assume we know what is right to do, what is wrong to do. We must not assume which attitudes and characteristics are pleasing and beneficial to God. We must know. We must therefore learn God through his word. His word must be a part of us. We must know scripture. must delight in scripture. Study it. Obey it. Share it with others. It must we, our lives must overflow Scripture. We need to meditate on Scripture. We must prioritize Scripture in our lives and be shaped by it daily. And so, knowing what is being asked of us through the Word of God, in order to put on the new self, we must let Christ and His Word have ultimate authority in our lives. We must submit to the Word of God fully, So that in everything, not in some things, not just in what you do on Sunday or in your community group or at a church event, not not just in some things, but that in everything he might be first. We're called to do everything in his name. And in everything that we're doing, we're to give him honor and praise and thanks and glory. In your closest earthly relationships, they're for him and his glory. Your marriage... What you do for him and his glory, according to what his word says. Your relationship between you and your kids and your kids and you, for him and his glory. And you're to do it in the way that his word says. Your relationship with your boss or your employees, for him and his glory. Do it in the way that the word says. Our relationships aren't about us and our happiness and our pleasure. It's about him. Our prayers are not even about us. They're about him. Our relationship with those outside of the church, as it says in Colossians, are to be conducted in a manner that honors him. Our time is for him. Our speech is for him. And so, if you were to summarize all this up, book of Colossians, don't be deceived, confused, or led astray. Christ is first and will be first in everything. You're not first. He is first. So make him first. He's to be your first hope, your first relationship, your first thought. His word takes first place in your life as a final authority. His teachings rule your thoughts, your words, your actions, your desires, your even intentions. Book of Colossians, Jesus Christ is, should be, and will be first. And so I want to just leave you with a simple question, and then we're going to respond and worship one more time. 
Who or what is first in your life? Is your life filled with false hope or is Christ your first hope? Is your reputation first, your status first, your desires first, your possessions first, your comfort first, or is he first? Do your thoughts come first or his thoughts? Do your concerns come first or the things he's concerned about? Are you on your own personal mission for yourself or on mission for him? Is your ultimate desire for the glory, honor, and praise of you or him? Does your life contrast with the world? Does it look like the world or does it look like a life lived for him? Who or what is first in your life? Because Jesus is, should be, and will be first. Might as well accept it. Church, Jesus is first, should be, and will be first. So put him first. Make him first in your life. So that all the praise, all the honor, all the glory goes to him who is alone worthy. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the book of Colossians, Lord, and for the Apostle Paul and for giving him the wisdom and the knowledge to write the book and not only that book, but most of the New Testament, Lord. So we thank you. Bring us back the next couple of weeks or a few weeks to um, to learn more about and a deeper, you know, what we can learn in the book of Colossians, Lord. So thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful night. The prayer team will be on on my left, your right. Thank you.